We have to go back! everyone and welcome back to the flashback flicks retro movie podcast i'm ricky i'm grayson and today we are going to watch the 2002 prehistoric movie ice age uh we are reviewing this movie because smallfoot is hitting theaters and we decided not to review harry and the hendersons because we weren't ready to cry uh Mm. jokes on us still cry blew the call blew the call Yes. Oh, yeah. Ice Age. Ray Romano. I've never cried with Ray Romano until today. Everybody cries, Raymond. Everybody <laughs> cries. Oh, Dad. Okay. Um, so, in case you don't know, in case you've been frozen in ice for a couple of uh, years, Ice Age is a movie set during said Age of Ice. About a saber-toothed tiger, a sloth, and a woolly mammoth find a lost human infant and they return him to his tribe. Uh, If you could imagine, it's Land Before Time meets Homeward Bound. Yeah, that seems accurate. And um, in case you were wondering, the Ice Age is a geological period characterized by the presence of polar ice sheets and alpine glaciers. Uh, Periods of major glaciation, glaciation. Glaciation. Ooh, Gesundheit. Periods of major glaciation. Glaciation uh, nation. <laughs> are scientifically termed glacial periods. So I want to look up that and feel smart, but I'm just reading facts that other people found out. So um, this movie originally has its origins um, Back at the 1987 movie Tron. So Blue Sky, the production company that made Mm -hmm. this, uh, was the same production company that, prior to becoming Blue Sky, uh, did some of the CGI animation for Tron back in the day. They also, throughout the years, did some other special effects for different movies like Fight Club, Alien Resurrection, and then as... You know, once Pixar came out with Toy Story and people were like, oh, you can do that? People started buying up Animation Studios. And 20th Century Fox, after, you know, their 2D movies weren't doing too well, they said, well, let's buy one of those 3D machines. And then they created Blue Sky. So Blue Sky Studios uh, then made their first feature film, which is Ice Age. With a budget of $59 million, it made $383 million in the box office. Wow. Yeah, it was, uh, it's, that's a lot of acorns. It's a strong showing. And every studio in the, the 3D world has their signature franchise. And for Blue Sky, this definitely was a strong start with Ice Age. Uh, Pixar obviously had Toy Story, DreamWorks has Shrek, and has had some pretty strong subsequent series like Madagascar and Kung Fu Panda. Uh, and Illumination has uh, Universal's uh, 3D animation department has uh, Despicable Me. So when you're kind of placing where all of these are mentally, Blue Sky really has had tremendous success with this very specific property. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Blue Sky has... um... Not that many movies outside of, 
Ice Age. No, they did the Charlie Brown remake. <laughs> yeah, they also uh, did Horton yeah. Hears a Who. They did Rio. Uh, they also did that movie Robots. Oh, oh, oh. But yes, Ice Age by far got the most longevity uh, out of uh, any of the franchises in their studio. Yeah, to the tune of four movie sequels and several um, like shorts. So you have Ice Age, Ice Age 2, The Meltdown, Ice Age 3, Dawn of the Dinosaurs, Ice Age 4, Continental Drift, and ending with Ice Age 5, Collision Course. Um, mm. And um, it's uh, the, the, the advertising for the fifth and supposedly final film in the franchise, which is uh, they're going out with a bang. Um, that's not the one I read. Oh, what's the one you read? Kiss your ice goodbye. That's the one. That's what you put on a bus advertisement. Still for children, right? Kiss your ice goodbye. Uh, They're just high-fiving each other at the ad agency (laughs) when they got that one. Wait, Dad! Take an early lunch. (laughs) Uh, so the original story that was pitched to Fox was a drama, as I'm sure that comes very unsurprising to you uh, watching this movie again. And they Fox only agreed to move forward with the movie uh, by pitching it as a comedy. But, you know, they said, we'll meet you halfway and we'll make a dramedy. And so that's why all those tears froze up on your face while you were watching this movie. Because they originally they were trying to out land before time, land before time. What if um we made a whole new generation of kids sad? What if we did that? <laughs> and Ray Romano was responsible for it. I don't know why, but as an, as an adult, I'm watching Everyone Loves Raymond and I'm just sad. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Ice Age. Yeah. Um, I do have a couple of fun facts for you guys. Uh, now, this movie, in addition to um, you know being a success worldwide in the theaters, uh, its home release uh, also was really successful because they spent $85 million marketing it with 14 different companies, including Microsoft, Pizza Hut, Carl's Jr., Dole, Valpac, Cold Stone Creamery, and the National Hockey League, because of course. Well, that one makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but it, Dole? <laughs> Dole? I don't think I saw a single fruit in there. Except the watermelon. Not oh, the a watermelon. single fruit. <laughs> I was only thinking of acorns. Uh, <laughs> um, the movie was released to a two-disc DVD, VHS and Grayson. Mm-hmm. You thought VHS was out of the game in 2000s. Oh, no. I mean, it was. But they were still making a last-ditch effort, Grayson. Have you ever heard the format DVHS? DVHS? Like oh. a digital VHS? No, Grayson. Like a data VHS. Oh, no. Yes. it does. So, originally, it did stand for data. But then someone said, listen, guys, I don't want to uh, make a advise a sinking ship but maybe digital is the way we should go um so it was a vhs that still recorded the exact same but it was capable of recording and displaying in both standard definition and high definition 
Were they the same size and everything? Yeah, same VHSs, but they you basically just click it over. Well, yeah. So yeah, basically, like they they use the same exact technology, except uh, you know, kind of how like it was like HD DVD versus Blu-ray kind of thing. Yeah, it was like it was something that could still work inside of standard vhs players but the quality was higher man that's like some steampunk nonsense <laughs> oh grace we have a lot of steampunk fans oh they oh, really man. like that the, oh they watch their steampunk on the dvhs <laughs> but yeah so ice age was released to that and i, I that was like i thought that was very interesting and i had to share it because that's what we do on this podcast, share obscure, I mean, I, yeah. outdated no. formats. I mean, I guess it makes sense to have a movie about dinosaurs on a dinosaur. Yeah, the DVHS is the format to watch Ice Age. You just and have the D to. stands for dinosaur. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. So another yeah. fun fact I have for you is uh, about Scrat. So Scrat was created uh, when the writer's daughter kind of came up with the idea. It's like, hey, what if there's a squirrel and a rat combined and his name is Scrat? And he's like, thank you, daughter. Here's your allowance. You just paid for your own college. <laughs> uh, and so Scrat was originally designed as a fictional animal, but... TikTok, TikTok. Oh, my gosh. It's 2009. Scientists in Argentina found... An animal that looked exactly like Scrat. Oh my goodness. Like, there's just like, this is an extinct animal that actually existed. And then Ice Age is like, we gotta make another movie. That's spooky. It is. No, I just assumed that they did their research on everything that appeared there and be like, oh yeah, these are all probably real prehistoric creatures. Yeah. Yeah. No, not Scrat. Scrat was made up until he wasn't. Wow. Yeah. The name of that animal is. Chronopio Dentacus Dinasius. Spelled like it sounds. Yep. Yep. And Chronopio Dinasius. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's Mr. Chronopio Dinasius. Oh, please, my father was Mr. Chronopio <laughs> Dinasius. Call me Scrap. <laughs> uh, and last one fact I have is that this movie at 2002 was Hollywood's eighth. Full CGI animated feature. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it it would have to be pretty early in the game. Yeah. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine being the eighth, eighth fully CGI movie in Hollywood? It's just like, hey, we beat the ninth. We made Top it. Ten. <laughs> Top ten. Top ten. Top ten. And those are my fun facts for Ice Age. Now, Grayson, when was the first yeah. time that you watched Ice Age? Oh, I saw Ice Age in theaters. Ooh. Uh, yeah, I was a big fan of all CG movies when they were coming out. I probably saw the top eight all in theaters. <laughs> um, I was a huge fan of them, and I remembered surprisingly little about this movie. For some reason, um, Sid doing like the Heisman run with the the watermelons always stuck with me. That was like the first thing I think of when I think of Ice Age. I, re- I was very aware of Ray Romano when I watched this. And so I remembered that he was in it. And I knew John Leguizamo because I was aware of him from the Mario movie. But other than that, I had forgotten that like, well, I knew Dennis Leary was, was in it too. Cause he's one of the main ones, but like Jack Black doing a voice totally forgot about uh, like a lot of the voice actors mainly. I was just like, 
oh, or I just became aware of them later on. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been a really long time to the point where I forgot that there were humans in this movie, <laughs> which is like a major plot point and basically what they're working towards. But I don't remember what the humans looked like at all. I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, there's just a bunch of animals migrating. Um, and so I I got to kind of rediscover a lot of this. And I, I vaguely remembered this stuff about Manny, but I definitely did not remember it being as devastatingly sad uh, i don't think i was like aware enough to have it really land as a kid um but it uh was great rewatching it it is it holds up really like i think it really stands the test of time oh, oh. yeah i so i never saw this movie this was one Whoa. of those movies that i missed out on uh, it was the early 2000s, so um, I was in middle school. Yeah, I guess so. Anyway, it was the early 2000s, and um, I didn't see a ton of movies in theaters that my parents didn't really want to see. Um, and my parents were Team Disney, so they didn't really <laughs> venture outside of that path too much. Um, and also... Um, 2002 is also the year that Spider-Man came out, so uh, I had other priorities. But watching sure. this movie was a ton of fun. Um, you know, during in between the breaks of me crying, uh, it was it was fun to see because I know that there are a lot of people who like this movie is their like one of their staples. Like I know a lot of people mm -hmm. who, especially people who are like just a little bit younger than me who are just like, Oh yeah. Classic movies from my childhood, like Shrek or ice age. I'm like, what? No, don't, yeah. don't you mean like Aladdin's like, what's Aladdin? And then I throw up. And so it's, uh, it was cool to see just how like, Oh yeah, I, I can totally see how this can be like, you know, someone's staple movie, especially for, you know, I mean, it really is for me, like, the whole time I'm just like, no, this is just a CGI land before time. Like, they did it. Like, mm -hmm. like hey, let's animate a drama for kids. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, this is just so sad. And oh, I'm just I'm just so sad. Like, they are unapologetic with death. He's like, oh, yeah, look at that. Look at that human. That human. Who killed half our pack and are is wearing us for warmth? I want to revenge kill them all and take their child. A family picture, yeah. Uh, and then Ray Romano's whole backstory is like, oh yeah, humans mercilessly killed my family. Oh man. And then years later, upset, hold my hot air balloon. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just it was just so incredibly dark and sad but then it made me realize yeah so was land before time though and this is all i can think of because i also realized how like it does have a lot of um jungle book motifs about like oh yeah man and animals being like oh man aren't humans kind of scary it's like yeah yeah they are and even having to protect the human from other animals and yeah they they do a great job with the backstory here too because even uh, Diego 
like wanting to get close to them just so that he can betray them. It cooks in this conflict early on that you're just waiting for that to come out. And so it keeps you interested. But Manny's backstory, they don't say a single thing through his entire backstory. It's only through the animated cave drawings. And I think that's just a testament to how strong this story is and why it is a staple for so many people uh, that they don't really let words get in the way of it. Like you can just kind of absorb and understand, Um, but really well written and it it drives forward at a really good pace. It's also not a very long film. They pack so much story into a short amount of time. Yeah. Yeah, That's like 80 minutes. Yeah. Feature length. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. No, it was good. Since this was my first time watching it, uh, I don't really have it have much to compare it to. Like, I really I liked the setting. I thought the CGI definitely held up because it's, it's CGI. Like, in the year two thousand two, um, which is a weird thing to say out loud, the year two thousand two. Um, it, it's it's cool to see like how. Like everyone like got CGI like to a really good point. It's like it's 2002. We we have a pretty decent baseline for like fully computer animated movies. Yeah. What is interesting to look at, and this is this is no insult to Ice Age at all, but Monsters Inc. came out the year before this, and you do see a difference oh. in the fur between someone like Solly and then someone like Manny. But as uh, you and I have talked about this, Pixar really focused on one specific technical thing to take on for each of their projects. I mean, in the first one, it was just doing like reflection and plastics and things really well. In Monsters, Inc., they specifically focused on that fur. For Ice Age, I feel like since this was it needed to really land, like they didn't have the luxury of being able to like hyper focus on one technical aspect um i mean they really needed the story to be the driver of it and the the technology was there to support it like i would say the the cg is in no way distracting at all yeah uh like it really holds up um but when i was watching that i was like oh i bet if this was done today like you would get the individual like pieces of hair on manny uh, rendered out separately they would swish a little differently um, that's like the only aspect though that I think really uh, like caught my eye of being like oh if this were made today that's how it'd be different right. but it doesn't matter because the story is strong enough to support it uh, throughout time and I'm sure they made those updates as they made the subsequent four sequels um, but it was subtle enough and the technology improved enough along the way that you're like oh this still feels like Manny because he behaves and acts like the character I already know right I mean you look at Toy Story 1 versus Toy Story 3 there is a technical difference there a pretty sizable technical difference even just in color and rendering and light refraction and everything yeah and you get that with this too but I love going back and seeing the first in a series because uh, it's a really strong baseline that Ice Age set up um, where it was like technically polished, but they were able to build and go anywhere with this story that they crafted with these characters. Yeah. Overall, I say it was very ice. Ah! Did it. Did it. All right. Now we're going to go into the part of the show where we, Grayson. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, you're not going to believe this. Uh, I always just gave myself um, some water and some ice cubes. Um, 
you know, that's how humans call it. Um, and ice cubes. Some, inside one of my um, water ice cubes was a little uh, artifact. What, what was it? What did it look like? It was, um, it was an acorn. An acorn? Yeah, an acorn. It was really weird. You have the worst Brita filter. I do. It didn't filter it out at all. Um, but and sketched inside the acorn uh, was a little uh, phrase that I, you know, I am an archaeologist, uh, you know, part time, but mostly I'm an Uber driver. Uh, but it said head cannon. Head cannon. Head cannon is a part of the show where we share a few unique ideas about the movie and untold stories based on evidence provided by the film. Yeah. Oh, Grayson. Uh huh. This movie just made head cannon so easy for me. They just yeah. they just lobbed it forward uh, and then placed it on a little baseball tee and said, "Whenever you're ready." And oh. This movie takes place in the future. Yeah. All the references, all the pop culture references, mm-hmm. it's about the next Ice Age. I love it. Yes. Because how else will a baby know the Spock symbol? Mm. How else? How else? I may be able to explain that with my headcanon. Oh, don't you dare. And that is that. Don't this is, I mean, basically, dare. it's... Very similar to yours, and actually just it builds on yours. Is uh, this is the ice planet uh, that Spock landed on in the the Star Trek reboot? Oh, uh, when he goes through all the time traveling stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's all ice. Um, <laughs> and that was his ship. That was the ship that they saw. Wow. Yeah, that's solid. It's great. Look at this tag teaming Ed Cannon. I was just going to say it's the same universe as Good Dinosaur, but when I <laughs> saw that spaceship, I was like, wait a minute. Spaceship and ice. I've seen this. Spice ship. Or this is that planet they landed on in Interstellar. <laughs> ice spaceships. Oh, it could be. Makes sense. And that's why it's the ice age, because every minute. They're down there. It's seven years on the... I don't remember. I don't remember. And I think that was the water planet. Rewatch Whatever. Interstellar to get that reference. Icer Stellar. <laughs> it's very good. Very good. Uh, no, I, I could probably come up with one other piece of headcanon. Um, is that this is actually an extended episode of Everybody Loves Raymond. Um, much like the Abed Claymation christmas episode in community nice. where he has ascribed everyone an animal they're in group therapy um because this is all about uh not having a family anymore and this is how he reconnects oh. with his family oh my gosh grayson are you yeah. saying are you implying grayson mm-hmm. that uh this is basically ray romano's click moment where he's like yes. oh damn this is my dead on Ray Romano. Oh, Deb, Deb. Uh, oh, man. I I didn't know how good I had it until I thought I was taking care of this feral child with a sloth and a, and a saber-toothed Dennis Leary. I love you, Deb. Ma- ma- Merry holidays. Merry, ma- Merry Ramus. <laughs> he just plugs his own name in. Uh, yeah, it's just a group psychosis. <laughs> 
All right, now we're going to go to the part of the show where we talk about recast and remakes. Recast for a remake. If this movie were to be remade today, who would you cast? Mm -hmm. What would the storyline be? And maybe explore the different avenues where this franchise could exist. I will start it out with it being an animated series. Um, I know that the movies kind of focus on, like, you know, the extinction of most of these animals. I would love to see, like, an animated series where it's just, like, uh, this pack of ragtag old-timey animals hang out. And it would be, like, 2D animated. Mm, and it, I see. It'd be a kind of that, like, flat retro style. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Basically, I would love it if they did it in the Flintstone style. Like that would be Ooh. really fun. Like kind of like That'd old school cool. cell animation. Yeah, I I think that that would be a lot of fun. And um, but if they were to remake the movie, um, I I think that like you said, the CGI would be completely different. In fact, I would love it if they had it. Um, the thing to do with the reboots now, I would love for them to do like a Disney style reboot where it's like super realistic cgi mm-hmm. um and oh yeah and they they basically they could bring back the entire voice cast um the only difference is that i would want the baby to be played by andy circus um it's uh it's the it's the one animal he has yet to mocap man <laughs> that's true yeah <laughs> Uh, no, I like that. Uh, similar, I would like to see a more live action version of this, uh, except done more like in the Where the Wild Things Are style. Ooh, yes. It's like a lot of puppetry, but then the facial expressions are uh, CG'd on. Absolutely. Um, who did you have for the main three for a vocal recasting? Uh, vocal recasting, um, I would want Lamorne Morris, Sid. Lamorne Morris yeah, for yeah. Sid. Yeah, that's great. Um, and then uh, Ray Romano. Um, it, it was hard, <laughs> uh, but <laughs> I knew exactly who I would want, and that is Andre Brauger. You might know oh, him as Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Lieutenant Holt. Yeah, I think they, for Manny. For Manny. Yes. Well, you know they know each other from doing Men of a Certain Age together. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. And then um, Stephanie Beatrice for uh, Dennis Leary's character. <laughs> Just because I'm on... That's a, that, yeah, no, that's good. I'm, I, I like am that. on the IMDb page, and I yeah. like it. Oh, that's good. Uh, yeah, for the main three, uh, I had H. John Benjamin for Manny. <laughs> of course, of course. He'd be a little more dismissive. Uh-huh. Um, for Sid, I had Bill Hader. Nice. And then for Diego... Uh, I went full Tom Hardy. Oh, nice. Who who knows what it would sound like? That's great. Could could be anything. Could be different every day he stepped into the booth. Yes. Yeah. That's really good. Um, but I think he's got that scary gruffness oh, that yeah. they're really going for. Yeah. No, I love that. And then uh but who who'd you get for Scrat? Oh, for Scrat. Um, that would probably be Zoe Deschanel. That's who I had. I had exactly her. I had yeah. exactly Zoe Deschanel. Yeah. And then we watched a spinoff of, and it's just like 500 Days of Scrap. And, um, <laughs> it's just how, you know, this other squirrel rat thing just gets broken up with Scrat. And then you, you realize that really, mm. was it? all scrat's fault you know anyway you'd figure it out 
you know, there's not a huge difference between um, the scenes with Scrat and the plot of 500 Days of Summer if you actually recast Scrat as Joseph Gordon-Levitt and the Acorn as Zoe Deschanel. You're not wrong. <laughs> They're basically the same. And then Summer happens and he is not happy. <laughs> But then ultimately he moves on. Oh, he wow, moves on. guys, listen. I when when did Five Hundred Days of Summer come out? I think I have another headcanon. Uh, headcanon Five Hundred Days of Summer is just Ice Age live action. If you want to watch a live action Ice Age, with it's just a standalone scrap film. Yep. Five Hundred Days of Summer. I mean, they both have their their breakout songs within Five Hundred Days of Summer. Uh, uh, you make my dreams come true um, by Holland Oates, and this was has on the way by Rusted Root. Yep, so perfect. Uh, and they used that song. Well, yeah. Oh, they got the rights to that song, and they use it. Yeah, one does not use a Rusted Root song once once you get the rights to it. Not that they about the young. You to oh my. Sorry, we don't have the rights for it in oh, this podcast. No. What are we doing? No, that's a separate license. Mr. Root is going to <laughs> lose it. All right, now we're going to go into our final segment where we share with you our reasons to recommend. So, Grayson, why would you recommend mm-hmm. the first 2002 Ice Age? I recommend Ice Age because it is so strong thematically in the way that it goes about this story Um, that you can't help but be moved by it. Um, And the entire theme of this story can really be summarized by three lines of dialogue that I'm about to read. It's right after um, they have the big uh, confrontation and towards the end, uh, Diego is injured, and Diego asks, why did you do that? You could have died trying to save me. And Manny says, that's what you do in a herd. You look out for each other. And Sid says, I don't know about you, but we are the weirdest herd I've ever seen. And those three lines, it's about family. And it's about uh, an unlikely family. Uh, all of these, all, of, all three of these main characters have lost their original family one way or the other. For Manny, it was he wasn't able to protect them. Uh, for Sid, it was that he was outcast. For Diego, it was that he betrayed them and basically stood up for what he felt was right. And they're able to come together as as kind of outcasts and rejects from their original families to really find a place of belonging. And that's a beautiful story. So whether this is CG, classically drawn, live action, whatever, I believe that it would maintain the integrity of that story in any form. And to me, that's why I recommend it. Yes, it was in a time when technically CG was just like the thing you did and to prove that you were an animation studio that could transition, but they really took the time to get the story right. It's funny, it's heartfelt, um, but ultimately it means something. Uh, You can't help but think about the people in your own life that are part of your herd whenever you are watching this movie. And that's what the best movies do. They they make you take stock. The movie, the film, is a metaphor for your own life of moving towards a goal together. No one can do this alone. 
Uh, and that that's a beautiful thing. So for all those reasons, I recommend Ice Age. Very well said, Grayson. Yeah, I would recommend Ice Age because it is a movie that I didn't grow up with, but I can see how I could have. Uh, I, this easily could have been like a staple in my uh, childhood um, had I seen it younger. But it's it's a movie that really does um, challenge you in a lot of ways. Because like you think you're getting, oh, yeah, typical kids movie. Fart jokes probably, this, that, the other. But then they hit you with the feels. Oh, mm. oh, you're cold iced heart will get warmed during this movie uh it's very much like what you said like a, a movie about like finding family and making your own family and it, it was just surprisingly heartwarming for me so um if ray romano hasn't made you cry recently i recommend this movie for that reason in the end they truly were Animals of a certain ice age. <laughs> Did it? Uh, so that's our review of Ice Age. Let us know what you remember fondly about Ice Age on Twitter. We are at Flashback Flicks. And it would mean a lot if you gave this show a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps let people know that this is the podcast where we defrost some of your old favorite movies from the Ice Age of yesteryear. Yeah. And on a scale of one to five cubes of ice, how many would you give this podcast? One cube of ice. That's one cube. That's fine. Five. Oh, that's a tepid. That's a frosty beverage. That's frosty. Or if you prefer, one to five acorns. Ooh, because then you got plenty to go around. Yeah, one to five hundred days of acorn. You decide. Yeah. One to five dodo birds, because <laughs> no dodo birds is a problem for the dodo birds. <laughs> and be sure to tune in next time right here on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Until then, remember to be kind and rewind. Next time on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Pro tip, when you get bit and venom starts coursing through your veins, don't... Wait for the anti-venom. Wait for a hero. Why? Because they say that a hero can save us. I'm not going to stand here and wait. Hey, Ricky, why did Spider-Man go to the laundromat? What? Why? So he could get his nickel back. We're reviewing the 2002 Spider-Man. <laughs> hey, guys, this laundromat takes nickels. <laughs> So many nickels. Kadink, 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 kadink.